Welcome to YGTV and YG Workshop, presented by First Federal Bank and sponsored by Circle Electric and Health Payment System. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. YG Workshop is a collaborative environment designed to help businesses see their blind spots, consider new perspectives, and grow towards their goals. Today, the team and I are helping Lynn Karazi, owner of Data to Profit Consulting. Let's meet the panel. I'm Lori Hybe, CEO and founder of Keystone Click. We are a strategic digital marketing agency. I'm Ariel Kopak, founder and owner of Harness for Hindrance, serving business owners and sales professionals with mindset business coaching. Brad Hurd of Vision Forward Business Solutions, powered by Focal Point, supporting blue collar businesses through maturity, growth, and exit solutions. I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes and one of the founders of the Young Guns Movement. Welcome to the Young Guns Podcast bringing together entrepreneurs and business leaders that break the rules and challenge conventional wisdom. Thanks, and enjoy the show in three, two, one. Welcome to YG Workshop. Today we are with Lynn Karazi of Data to Profit. Welcome to YG Workshop. Lynn, how are you? I'm doing well today, thanks Dave. And yourself? Fantastic. Excellent. So you have a pretty interesting story of how you started your business, so please share your story with us. You know, I'm a corporate finance refugee. I went from a really, really big company to smaller and smaller and smaller, the whole time working with financial information, got into the world of data, and I realized no matter where I worked, whether it was a Fortune 500 company, a $500 million company, or a brand new startup, people have a lot of data laying around there that they're not using that can actually tell them how to make more money and make better decisions. And so as I made this progression down, at one point I got into consulting through Patina Solutions. And then I figured, I, I can do this by myself. And right away started without really thinking a whole lot about really what am I getting myself into. <laughs> I am the accidental that's entrepreneur how, in a way. That's how all businesses start, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that makes sense. And so tell me more specifically, what does Data to Profit do? What I do is help businesses get a better understanding of what's really driving their customer behavior, their sales and their profits. I help give them the information to make better decisions and you put those two things together and it's gonna help them make more money. Okay. And really taking this asset that they have laying around, all this messy data, and turning it into information, turning it into profit. Actually, the name of the company comes from a networking session. You had six words, introduce yourself and the value you provide. It's like. Okay, I'm a business analyst turning data to profit. And everyone said, wow, that works. <laughs> and it's still amazing how often it doesn't. <laughs> okay. So that leads us then to um, your question of why you're on the show is that you need some assistance. Yep. So what is the primary challenge that you have right now with your business? You know, you look at it and whenever I tell people about what it is that I do, they say, yep, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it. But the challenge that I have is working with the small to medium sized businesses that I do, when you, they don't understand what a good finance person can do for them. You walk into a Fortune 500 company or any larger medium sized or larger business, you have the CFO. They have two distinct groups that work underneath them, the accounting group and the finance group. The accounting group, everybody knows what they do. They keep score and make sure your, your books are accurate, right? The finance group is more involved with budgeting, forecasting, business analysis, projections, answering management questions about why did this happen, and more importantly, giving them suggestions of what to do going forward. Small businesses, they don't have that expertise. That's what I offer on a fractional basis. Okay, that makes sense, and that's a good question. 
And I think we'll get that in just a second. But before we do, we got to understand a little bit more about how your business operates. Sure. And we've got some very smart people here that are uh, wanting to learn a little bit more and we'll share some advice with you. So uh, who here has a question for Lynn to start with? I'll start. So what is the main challenge that you see with working with quite a wide array of businesses and there's so much data lying around to figure out the profit? What is the common thread or theme that you see of the problems that you discover? When you talk about how a company grows in its sales, there is not an accounting system in the world that tells you how you actually grew your business. You know, yeah, they tell you what grew, where it grew, but never why. So what are the behaviors and what are the physicality of the marketplace? Did they get more customers? Did they sell more product to the same customers they had? Did they sell a wider variety of customers to the, you know, wider variety of products to the customers they have? Or are they keeping more of them? Those are the only four ways that you can grow. Nobody really looks at it that way. And I think that's one of the things that makes me a little different. The other thing is that people under think that every customer is a good, com- good customer and that every customer is a profitable customer. But when you ask them what really drives your margins, is it your sales reps giving away pricing? Is it marketing not taking it? Is the customer demanding it? Is it the logistics group, the manufacturing group, or is it the purchasing group that's causing your margins to change? Not an accounting system in the world will tell you that either. You really have to go through and understand and deconstruct the financial statements to figure that kind of stuff out. And it all comes down to, to behaviors. Who's doing what and what's the end result? Because at the end of the day, all finance and accounting, do, all finance and accounting does is assign a cost or a value to somebody's behavior. That's it. And that's a perspective that business owners, a lot, lot of times even bigger ones, don't understand that. And little ones certainly don't understand that because they've been successful doing it without all this kind of stuff. Why should they? Yeah, I do. Besides the obvious increasing profits as Mm -hmm. a benefit, why do your customers come to you? Most of them are figuring out that they need capability that they don't have. So I do different types of projects. Some of them are call it data projects, where we were going to ask a, and answer a very specific set of questions. Other times, it's this finance capability that they want to build. For example, I did a job, it turned out to be a rather long engagement, but I basically built a finance department and all the work processes for this company. And so and what that meant was, wow, how do we look at our business at the end of each month? Because it's a complex business from a financial reporting standpoint, the leadership team didn't really trust what was coming out of the accounting group because they couldn't make that translation. And we figured out, yes, here's an easy way to make people understand that. Here's some business indicators that, we're, that we designed and put into place. We started a process that says, hey, sales, how are you going to forecast this? And at the end of the month, we're going to do a good performance review. That's not the stuff that natu- comes naturally to, naturally to a lot of people. And oh, by the way, next year we built a budget, which they'd never had before. And so those are the types of things. So some projects are isolated. Hey, here's a 10-week project. I can get this thing done. Others turn into months where you're really building new expertise and capability, bringing that Fortune 500 perspective and applying it to a small to medium-sized business. Great. Brad? So you talked about behaviors. Uh, So two questions here. One, what behaviors is it that you want to help people change? And then what behaviors do you enjoy helping people change? 
you know, what do I want people to do more of and what I'm trying to encourage? More curiosity when it comes down to it because, you know, a lot of times when you sit in your financial review and I've sat through lots of them, here's our results and no one ever really says why. Okay, well, yeah, but what drove that little spike or what's causing the steady decline? And so the information is there. You can actually learn more if you want to become a little bit more curious and get into things in a little deeper level. But unfortunately, that when you do that, it gets messy real quickly because if you're not focusing on your data, you have to spend an awful lot of time cleaning it up and making sense of it. So that's really what I want to get people to focus on in terms of, you know, another way of saying it. I never had anybody ask me that question before, but it is. It's don't just accept what is told to you, but ask why. And then the next question is, okay, what do we do about this? And so that's, that's the biggest piece, and I forget the second part of your question, Brad. So, so that's what you want to change. What, what, what is it the part that you enjoy doing to, to behavioral change? Which behavioral change do you like making? You know, it's the um, biggest satisfaction I get out of this is when I ended up a job with a really big build, home builder, Dave, a um, <laughs> little bit bigger than you guys. Um, <laughs> what, what's you that? to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And, with you those know, lumber prices, you never know. You might have some bleed going on. Well, and at the end of the day, I said, okay, what worked for you guys? I said, you know, you told us stuff about the business that we didn't know, and we've been doing this for now for 15 years. We're building 600 homes a year, but you told us things just by looking at the numbers without really having any experience in our industry. So I love that professional challenge, if you will, of coming up and seeing things and telling people things that they didn't previously know. So at the end of the day, if, someone, if I can tell you something about your business that surprises you, that's gonna help you make more money, that's where I get the most reward out of what I do. And, and it's going in and it's cha that challenge to try and learn what's going on, find out what the behaviors can you tell somebody. I'm working with a company now, and they put in an ERP system to better understand their quotes and their jobs. And at the end of the day, they said, we have all this information, we don't know what to do with it, what can you tell us? So we broke all their customers down, put them into one of four buckets, took, top the, took the two top buckets, and then said, okay, this company you, you did 500 quotes with in the past year. Okay, you won 300 of them, great job. Now you can go to, that per, you know, get, go to the owner of that company and say, okay, we won 300 quotes, but those quotes came from 10 different people, but the vast majority of them came from three of those people. What can we do to get the other seven people on board? Or we can take another company, very similar situation. They did 500 quotes. They won 50 of them, much lower rates. Okay, the question is, should we even be doing business with this company? Because there's three other companies, so can I go try to fix them and understand why we're not getting their business? Or can I save an estimator and have two people's headcount that we don't, may, not, may not necessarily need? I told them things that gave them information on which they can make better informed decisions. Again, that's gonna to lead to more sales and profits. Fantastic. So my question for you is, what is your biggest obstacle to obtaining clients? What's your biggest objection that you're facing? It's, it's awareness. And you know, if you talk to a number of bankers, um, I network around the Turnaround Management Association, and you ask, or accountants, and, or even lawyers and ask them, hey, do your clients really understand their finances? Oh God, no. But there's really not an impetus to get them to do something different. Eventually the bank will tell you, you need a turnaround person, but 
chances are the business owner, hey, you know, we know our business. Or it might be too late at that point, or right? Or might be too if late. the baker's telling you you need to turn around, it yeah. might be too late. But, but the, the biggest thing is it's awareness. First of all, they don't understand the finance function and the value that it can add. And they've been successful to some degree without it. So it's now an awareness thing. So I guess that was really the question. How okay. do I create awareness and urgency around the services that I offer? Okay. What are you doing right now from, to create awareness? I spend an awful lot of time on LinkedIn. And so, you know, the, you know there's somebody that says, yeah, there was 1% of the people that are really posters and regular people on LinkedIn. I'm kind of up there. I, it's it's gone, in, uh, gone in some spurts, but I've been pretty steady with that. Um, I do occasional blogs. I've tried to get on podcasts and webinars and things like this. And it's now finding out what is the best way to, to reach it. And besides that, a ton of networking. But the people that are going to use my services, they're not, they don't hang out in networking spots. And so my question is how to reach them. And that's the, that's the magic trick that I'm still trying to figure out. Who, who's your best center of influence from a networking perspective? Who's the one that has been able to take your message and promote that to their clients or make those introductions? Great. Yeah, most of the projects that I've done so far have been, been on referral, so that is, that is a place to go. But as somebody who's worked with me in the past. Who's the referral source, though? Is it an insurance guy? Is it a banker? Is it another accounting firm? Who's it's the been, referral source? It, it's been a couple people that I worked with at Procter & Gamble. Okay. It's been other clients that I've done business with. And the other one has been part-time CFOs. I love talking to those guys because, again, they're working in that CFO position. Think of me as a level down into the organization who's actually going to get dirty with, with the data that they have. This, the part-time CFO, the fractional guy, sits up here and advises from a strategic standpoint, maybe does some high-level analysis, other, other financial statements. I'm the one who goes in deep into the data, deconstructs it, and rebuilds it into something new. You, I like that you use the word urgency, and I'm curious how you've prompted urgency for others because um, uh, the phrase, you don't know what you don't know, is coming up a lot in my mm -hmm. mind as you talk about data and what you're uh, exposing them to or the awareness you're creating. However, there's no urgency around you don't know what you don't know. Yes. So how do you create a sense of urgency? That has been challenge number one, and I've, I've tried to make medical comparisons and say, so, you know what, yes, I, you know, like, I'm diagnosing your type 2 diabetes. Little by little, you're putting on weight, your metabolism's slowing down, you're changing, and sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you. I wish that I had, you know, somebody coming to me with their, you know, with their bones sticking out of the bottom of their pant leg, because I can say, yes, you have a broken ankle. <laughs> we can fix this. And creating that sense of urgency is the challenge, because... They, they haven't done this before. There is nothing that causes you to do differently. And so really, Brad and I talking about- Lynn, and I fixed the diabetes of business. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so I've tried to make comparisons is business, like that. Is your business overweight? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you might have, you know, not, not enough. You know, but it's, it, is, it is trying to reach the right person with the right message at the right time to say, now is something that you need to do to do differently. So uh, in a lot of my LinkedIn posting, I'm talking about, you know, the opportunity cost in terms of what you're doing. You know, if you've got a ton of messy data laying around here, it's actually, by ignoring it or not using it or only using it at a summary level, it's actually costing you a ton of money. So I had a whole series about what are the costs and waste associated with not using your data. 
I've tried to make the, the medical comparisons. Look at your numbers. There's different numbers you can take to say, you know what, you've got a finance person or an accounting perspective. If only you're using the accountant, you're missing something. And it is that opportunity cost. But well, nobody thinks about What's that. your explicit solution when you're giving that message? Making them aware of the, of the, the problem. What's the explicit solution that you're saying in that messaging? I don't know that I've come up with that this is the solution for you because it is about making you smarter, make, giving you better perspective, giving you information. And, I, and, I'm, and maybe that's not the right way for me to look at this, but I think I am in the, I'm in the information business. I'm going to help you make better decisions because at the end of the day, the decisions are what are going to help you be more successful. And okay. if I can shed some light onto what's really causing something, because when you think about it, Last time you went out to eat, what determined your check? Where did you go? Was it all four of you, or were you by yourself, or just a significant other? Did you? Did you? Dave doesn't take me to dinner. <laughs> no, maybe you guys should. That's how this works. So, so you're you're at dinner, and you know, so it's your behavior as the customer, right? You know, does and then you know, do you want a big meal? Do you gonna sit in appetizers for dessert, or are you gonna you know get something afterwards? And then it's your, so your behavior, first of all, is the customer. So there's the value in understanding the customer behaviors. But then it's also the behavior of your sales rep. Okay, in the restaurant, of course, it's your server. Did they offer you that second drink? Did they tell you, man, God, you have to have this chocolate tort tonight because they are amazing. We have a limited number of them. And I guarantee if you're too full to eat, I could put it in a box, you're going to love it later on. If they tell you that before your entree comes, I've been there. I was a server. <laughs> you just sold me. <laughs> so I mean, so so no, again, it's, it's, it's these point. behaviors. Yeah. It's the behaviors, and so so that's why it all comes down to. And if that person can sell you that piece of that that chocolate tort, and a cup of coffee or a drink after it, they just added ten bucks to your to your bill. When they're gonna you're gonna add them another three or four dollars on top of the tip, and all of a sudden you're fifteen bucks further behind than you were, but you you got something that you didn't expect. So that's why I love behaviors. And at the end of the day, the other thing that I think I do a little differently is talk about behaviors in terms of both strategy, capability, and culture. And it's the numbers that tie all those three things together. Because I was, I was on this um, call with somebody, and they were doing a training. And I said, if you want to take any kind of big change behavior project, he said, if you want to bet the odds, bet on failure. And then he just stopped right there. And even the moderator was like, oh, hell, what, 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 what do I say now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the end it's of the day, turn. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all about culture. Okay? And so if you, don't have, if you have a strategy, you've got capability and culture, nothing else is going to determine the success of your business more than those three things. Most people look at them one at a time. Some people look at two of them at a time. Even do a Google search and see how many of those words come up in one. It's a whole lot less than either the two, you know, one or two at a time. But you really have to look at them in all three things because if now you want to base change strategy, what capability do you need to support it? What capability do you have to enable your people to be able to execute? And then finally, what are you rewarding? What are you valuing from a culture standpoint? If you're telling me that selling this is more important than selling this, but you pay me more to sell this, I don't care how good your strategy for selling this is if you're paying people for this. You've got some great stories in education, and there's a lot of value that you're providing in education, and I love the emphasis on the customer behavior because that's 100% my world as well. Mm -hmm. How well do you understand your customers' behaviors? 
my customer behaviors are so different, and so I probably say I understand them a whole lot. More. I'm the average. I'm the average person out there selling, right? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> God, I was going to try to BS my way through something else. I was like, no, don't even go there. Yeah. They like conflict today. Yeah. Um, and 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 part of my challenge is is I've got I've not sorted out. I kind of understand the type of person that I want to sell to, mm -hmm. but I've ended up selling for, with a, a a nonprofit startup, a small insurance company a large e-learning company, an advertising agency, a home builder, a food, main, food distributor. And so my customer base, and maybe this is one of the things you guys tell me, pick one and do it well. But relying on referrals, I've ended up in, a, in different industries. And each of those people has a common theme, is that they either needed more capability or somebody identified for them is that, you know what, you guys have a ton of, ton of stuff laying around your messy systems, do something with it. And I used to tell people, yes, I'm in data analytics and I analyze all your data and I watch people's eyes glaze yeah. over. Mm -hmm. And then someone finally said, no, what you do is, you know, it, you know to a caveman, what, you know, a big lighter is, is magic. What you do is you'd work magic with data, and that's how, if you guys have seen any of my LinkedIn posts and the story of the data magician, that's how that happened. So I can just say, in fact, I sponsored a golf hole um, for the MBBI organization last fall, and I was able to tell people, you know, yes, what do I do? I take all this messy data, I work a little magic with you, tell you stuff you didn't know, stuff that's gonna help you make better decisions, more profit, and that way is at least more of an entree to get people to say, oh, that's interesting, yeah. how? Well, this transitions well into the next segment, which is to provide some advice to you. And so your question again, Lynn, was that you're having trouble pe with people understanding the value of what you offer and understanding really what you can do for a business. And getting that messaging with, you know, and, tell, and creating the awareness and the urgency. So that, that's the yep. thing. I, okay. I left that part off of the first time you asked it, but thanks, Darielle. We'll Add that on the air. Yep. Yeah. We're already creating, yep, creating value for you, right? Perfect. <laughs> okay, so who has some advice for Lynn who wants to start off? Oh wow! There's so much, so many different directions okay, we can well, you, tackle this. You, well, <laughs> you have the floor. I, I, I love I love squirrels because you know, like, hey, there's a, this is something cool. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about this. Um, Talk about this. I, I think you identified one of your challenges is that you haven't really gotten clear on the audience that you want to speak to, and um, this is a common challenge, especially in newer businesses, is that they just want to serve everyone, and and. Um, I would go back to the question that Brad actually asked, what do you want to do and what do you enjoy doing? Let's make sure that you're working with companies that you enjoy working with, the brands. Maybe it's the data that really kind of wakes you up and gets you excited to, mm -hmm. to start moving into it. But getting clear on who that audience is is going to make it easier to attract that audience. Because then when you're educating, you can narrow your message to speak to that specific audience and that way that person will read your post or hear that podcast and go, that sounds exactly like me. I need to reach out to this guy. Mm -hmm. And because typically people think about industries, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of identify the person I want to chat with. He's the owner of a small to medium-sized business that doesn't have a define finance. small to medium because yeah, that gets yeah. so generalized. Okay. What does small to medium mean? Okay, to me, to me 50, fifty million less in revenue. That I can go out there on LinkedIn and find them, and they don't have a CFO, or they may have a controller, and that's it, which probably tells me that they have more of an accounting perspective mm -hmm. and not not the finance piece. 
And, you know, those, and they have a wide variety of products going into a wide variety of customers. Those are like the three, if I say those three criteria, unfortunately it doesn't narrow it down to a specific sector that you can, or you know, segment of the, of, the organ, of, the, of the business world. And so that's how I've tried to address who that person is, and I've actually got a VA now trying to going through on LinkedIn and finding people mm -hmm. with just those types of characteristics. Well, I heard some narrowing though. You, there is you, um, products, so you you're eliminating service industry. You're eliminating nonprofits. You know, so that that's good. And products, mm -hmm. and maybe you say a baseline of you know at least 100 SKUs or something. You know, getting clearer on the the size of the catalog that's out there, but um, or even the the type of product. I would look at your data. Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I enjoy doing, this is where there's profitability for me, Yeah. and then go deeper. That's kind that. of mind-blowing, have the data guy look at his own data. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like when you look in a mirror and then you see like yourself a hundred times. Uh -huh. so, so to follow up and add on that, kind of, kind of going off of some of the things that uh, we've learned from other uh, folks here from Young Guns in the past, you know, you've got those four or five things there. Is there a life event that's happened with those owners that has created created that urgency to say, hey, Lynn, I need you to come in here because I need to get ready for my daughter's wedding. My parents are getting old and I need to support them and get that ensuite built for, for them to live with us. Has there been a, a life event that has created that urgency for your clients in the past? I've not seen a life event. I, I see more of a biz, you know, more of something that applies to the business. Maybe I didn't you know, try to peel that back a little bit about why, why now? But being in that mind frame that something needs to change, I've actually told, I, I mean, I told one guy, it's like, you're not ready for me. Because I hear you asking questions, which are great questions to be asking. You seem to like, but every time I go a little bit further with you, you know, it's like, well, no, that's not gonna work for us. That's not gonna work. So you have to be in the right mind to change something. And so maybe that's, you know, that's another part of the, um, the investigation process they've made, perhaps is what really is motivating the change? Why is the business need to do something different now? Because um, I've, you know, I've tried working, uh, the networking around MBBI, and for those of you who don't know, that's the uh, Midwest Business Brokers and Integrators. This is the, the community that buys and sells companies. Mm -hmm. And try to work with through them and say, you know, hey, you guys know people who are gonna be selling their business. Typically, people need to dress them up for a few years to get them ready for sale. And what kind of capabilities should be in place that a buyer is going to reduce the value that the organization is going to buy just because I know I'm going to need to invest to do some of the things you're not doing today. So I've tried networking around now. That is a kind of a life change event, if you will, okay. the selling of a business. Taking this in a different direction, uh, one thing that I will repeat to myself over and over and over again is keep it simple smarty. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> I had that other little voice in my head. <laughs> Stupid sucker. Right. So that's the Simple voice you got to cut out. No, the point is you're smart. Stop trying to prove it. <laughs> So it, with saying keep it simple, smarty, it's that practice of keep it simple, keep it simple. And I don't like the word, I don't like the phrase keep it simple, stupid, because mm -hmm. of, of course, yes. I'm against negative self-talk. So keep it simple, smarty. You are smart. Don't try to prove it. Let the silence speak when it comes to your clients. Don't overwhelm them with options or data or information. You provide amazing information. I've had the, the privilege of speaking with you a few times to know how much you know about business and finance. 
And, but if, if you try to translate that information, you have so much to give, it's too much for someone else to take in, especially when they're already overwhelmed with all the information that they have about their business. Mm -hmm. So I think the keep it simple smarty, how do you make it really simple for these business owners to be like, okay, yes, I need that. If you're talking about referring it like a, um, a health situation, a dire health situation, people who are selling something are selling a health program. So what is your program? What is your system? Sell a system, sell a program, sell a solution. Because right now you're only selling the problem with a, I don't know what the solution is, but it's in there and I can go find it. And there's a, anxiety lies in the unknown. There's a lot of unknown in that. So yeah. and be clear I'll on your program. On that too. Yeah. So I think one of the issues that you have, Lynn, you're a smart guy, you, you, you know what you're doing clearly. The issue you have is with messaging. And, and I think this is one of the issues that you're, you're running into because you, you, you're kind of talking in these complex terms to a business owner and they're glazing over, right? You, you mentioned that right in your, mm -hmm. your comment, they're glazing over. So you have to be very conscious of who you're talking to and how you're going to talk to them going forward. Uh, for example, like you have this flyer, right? This, this is a nice flyer, right? And I look on the back and I, I, I look at this and I go, oh my gosh, I'm getting a headache. There, it, it, this looks like it was written by a data guy, right? This needs to be written to a business owner. You need to be able to say to me, I, I helped this business make 20% more profit. I worked with this company and I found you know, XYZ dollars of loss. I need to see as a business owner a result. Because you're only gonna have a little bit of time in front of me and I gotta, I gotta know that you're worth what what you say you can do. I, mm -hmm. I know you personally, I know that you can do it, but you know, that's the thing is the messaging. Your messaging has got to be clearer. You've got to be able to be like, these are the results, whether it's a testimonial, maybe you have one of your, one or two of your best clients record a video or, or do a quick testimonial like, Lynn was great to work with, we found all these things, and not only you know, did he save us money or he made us more money, but it covered the cost of his services, or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. Business owners want results and they want to see results. Okay. What is, go back to the health scenario, right? You go and get your blood panel taken and you get those results. What's your blood panel dashboard look like as part of your program? What do you have a product that you go through and say, hey, this is the program and these are the six key areas that we're going to focus in on. And today, I can say your score is probably zero, one, and two across those areas and we're going to move those, move the needle. And this is what that information is going to do to support you in the decision-making process. Is that something that's available or an opportunity? Yeah, right, right now, because again, kind of like the way that I tend to look at it, it's, okay, what, what questions do you have that you want answered? And it's not, and what I don't have is, okay, here's, here's the, you know, the, the 10 steps that we're going to go through and do like the big picture assessment for you. Because by the time I've gotten involved in, you know, thus far, it's been, okay, you got a specific question about your orders and, and your quotes. I have a specific need around business analysis and reporting. Or my, our client, in the case of the advertising agency, they had a bunch of data that they wanted to turn into a new tool that they could sell. So thus far, I think people have guided me toward this is what I want. Like I'm, you know, and so it's, I've tended to look at things perhaps as too much as one-offs or unique, that there is a identifiable solution. It's not a cookie cutter approach. Right. If you if so. you have that one product though, the, the things that are left and right, those will still come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because people will still oh, hey, he has this, but I kind of need this piece over on the, this side over here. 
oh, okay, cool, yeah, I can do that. And then you build your program or you build your product or your engagement to satisfy that particular need, but at least it creates the awareness of what it is that you're going to deliver. Because mm -hmm. data magic is scary. Build a system you can sell. And that's the, going off of what Brad is saying, a system you can sell, one, will help to attract people to you versus you going off to all these one-off people. And it also allows for you to get to a step where you can scale. Okay. I'm gonna add on to what David said around messaging. And there's, there's a formula that we use with our clients. We call it the XYZ statement. And it's, we do X, this is what you do, add adjectives to attract the right type of person. Mm -hmm. For why, why is who you do it for, and that's where you get really clear on who that target audience is, so that they can Z. Z is the benefit. So that that person that you're doing it for, this is how they're going to feel. This is the, this is the end behavior, the end result that they're gonna get by working and engaging with you. Once you get clear on that statement, you plaster it all over social media, your website, your brochures, and it's gonna attract the right type of people that you wanna be working with. I think that's great advice. So it's kind of crafting your message and, and getting a little better with it. You know, the other thing that you may want to just think about as you go forward with this as well is, uh, you know, with, with the sales end of it, you know, because you are so good at what you do with looking at the data and all that kind of stuff uh, that, you know, maybe sales isn't, you know, where you need to be investing your time. Maybe that's where you bring somebody on to help you with that. Mm -hmm. And then you can focus on what you do really well, which is take people's data and, and, and give them some blinding flashes of the obvious that they really need to have. Um, so that might be something to think about. And then the other thing that I was gonna say kind of at a different angle is that, um, you know, maybe consider strategic partnerships in the future. So, you know, if you create this program like we were talking about, and then you have you know, whatever group that is, and it, maybe it's associations, or you know, you have the, the one group already, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're gonna be able to identify some of these people for you. It might be able to say, hey, come up with some, some program for them if they send them to you. You know, and, you know, if you refer somebody to me, I'll do X, Y, Z for you, or you know, there's a benefit mm -hmm. to it or whatever, because they're probably running into these people uh, far before you know, they would get to you and you want to be on the radar so they can introduce you to them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. In fact, you know, it's, you know, a lot of the network I've done is kind of targeted toward people from part-time CFOs to business coaches to bankers to other accounting organizations because they know their clients. Correct. And it's you know just a matter of finding. Yeah, instead of maybe going right to potential people that might be a, a fit, you might be better off going to yeah their their partners. <clears throat> yes. And they identify them and say yeah this is somebody you should probably talk to and then have them do an introduction for you. Because the warm introduction has been a heck of a lot more mm -hmm. and you know and the uh, you know one thing I've never done and perhaps this is you know not you know something I need to rethink as well. Never cold called. Just hey I'm here doing this and. Um, don't let Paul know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're not watching, Paul. Yeah. Cool yeah. And so, um, so, it, so I have tried to develop those relationships, but again, you got to find the right banker who's in the right framework of partnerships, as opposed to you know, you know, someone who's you know, oh no, I, I can't. I can't make that connection because that might but, be yeah, a Yeah, the thing is, though, you don't need a lot of them, though, right? No. You only need one or two really good ones, right. and all right. of a sudden they're filling your funnel for you. 
and if it's worthwhile to them as well, if they're increasing their client retention or they're, you know, they're, they're getting great feedback, you know, thank you for introducing me and this was invaluable to me, that's all you really need, right? You don't need to run around and find everybody and, and turn over every rock. You really right. need to find that right, a couple. that right one or two people. And, and Along with clarity that. of messaging though, right? Because yes. you must be really clear on your messaging, otherwise your strategic partners don't know how to refer you or make that connection mm -hmm. and they're not gonna be bought into doing that if your message isn't really clear because yeah, it has to be absolutely. translatable. So clearing that message, Lori, you have a uh, another worksheet or things that you've done in past the, that 8X, the, the who, what, where, when, why sheet. Would that be something of value for Lynn at this point or is that a bit too soon? That would be more when we're focused on the education, but the idea is you identify your core offering, which mm -hmm. is what we've talked about is get, here's a package as opposed yep. to I'll do whatever you want. Um, and then you identify the questions that people are asking related to that package. And that's where your education and your messaging on social media, website, whatever comes from is, what are the questions that people have about the offering that you provide? Instead of you just putting information out there, assuming this is what people want to hear. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. All right. All right, so we've thrown a lot at you. Yeah. Throwing a lot of data at you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of information. So what do you think your biggest takeaway was, Lynn? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an absolute confirmation of all the stuff that I feel I'm doing. And it's really not being able to say, because you know, this, is, this is what I do. And I, it, it's perfectly clear to me, but I know it's never been made perfectly clear to too many other folks. So getting around the little more certainty around this is what it is and why it is. Um, because I think the benefit is there. And I appreciate the, the, the very kind words that each of you has offered about you know, the way that I, you know, I talk about what it is that I do. I'm obviously very passionate about it. I've, got a, you know, I've been both a consumer and a creator of a lot of really interesting stuff. And I just want to share the, share the benefit of it with the small business community that's not availing themselves of the opportunity. And they're really walking past something that could help them make more money. It's just a service that they don't know they have type 2 diabetes. They don't know that they need me. <laughs> but I think telling them, you know, give, giving a better story and a more concrete story around the who, the what, and the why and the, you know, is, is something that will be a takeaway for sure. Well, fantastic, Lynn. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and sharing what you're doing. And yeah. uh, hopefully this advice will help uh, point you in the right direction. I'm sure it will. Thank you for being on YG Workshop. All right. Thanks to Lynn for joining us today on YG Workshop presented by First Federal Bank and sponsored by Circle Electric and Health Payment Systems. Do you know an entrepreneur that would like to come on the show? Have them visit younggunsmovement.com and apply. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our podcast so you don't miss a single episode of YGTV. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thanks to our panel, Lori, Ariel, and Brad, and our guest, Lynn Karazi. See you next time.